You're listening to the County Life Podcast with Chris Ridgway and Martin Johnston. County Live podcast is brought to you in conjunction with HiViz.net. Specialists in printed and embroidered workwear, HiViz clothing and personal protection equipment. As ever on the County Live podcast, first up, Chris Ridgway talks to County Manager Jim Gannon. Well, Jim, it's Thursday evening after a disappointing result at Salford. We'll look to get back to winning ways away at Leamington at the weekend. First off, now the dust has settled, just give us your, give us your reaction to Tuesday night. Um, really, really disappointed in the end. Um, and there was there was a lot of positives in the game in terms of um, some of the football we played. Uh, we, we we looked capable of progressing the ball from the goalkeeper up the pitch. Um, we created lots of you know opportunities to get the ball in the box, lots of set plays, and um, so statistically the game looked like we were we had a fair share of it. But when you reflect on the two very very poor goals, um, a little bit like the Harrogate game, we've. Um, we're shooting ourselves in the foot and making it a real mountain to climb every game now. Let's cast our, our eyes forward to Leamington. Do you think that Leamington pose a, a, a different kind of challenge? They're, they're coming off the back of three straight losses. County, they know County are going to want to go back to winning ways. Do they? What, what kind of different threat do they pose to Salford? Well, Leamington, um, again, probably don't have the quality... Um, that's no disrespect to them. They don't have the quality of Harrogate and Salford who have gone full time and obviously recruiting from higher levels. Um, they're a team that have come up, so they've they've obviously got a, a very good work uh, mentality. They've got they're organised. They know they have to work extremely hard and and give every ounce of energy to be competitive. And to be fair to them, in the last three games they have been competitive. There's not been much in it. Um, perhaps they just don't have that cutting edge that the quality of money brings. Um, and a couple of mistakes at the back has cost them goals, which they'll rue uh, in terms of losing, you know, a point or two points. Um, but they'll be they'll be a side that will work extremely hard to make themselves give themselves a chance of winning the game. Because the games do come thick and fast in August, which you know we we already know about. I do want to speak about both the game just gone and the game coming up. What what lessons do you think we have learned or we could learn? From the performance against Salford, and what could, how could we take them into the game on Saturday? Um, I've learnt a lot of lessons in terms of being able to give players responsibility. Um, I'm trying to give them layers um, of tactics in terms of they've got they can, especially on set plays where you've got the opportunity to put the ball down and have a look and assess options, um, look for a weakness, look for certain things. Um, and I've given them that trust and responsibility and feel a little bit disappointed they haven't taken it. In fact, they look a little bit confused and um, de-energising themselves by it, by that confusion. Um, so, you know, we've, we've, we've had a, a great session tonight in terms of uh, going back to some straightforward football, some straightforward uh, basic principles, uh, taking a lot more responsibility off them uh, in a sense of uh, decision making, but more responsibility in terms of execution of the way they play. So, how do you transition that into a, a style of play for Saturday? Because I assume you don't make a wholesale change. Is it is it a different way of thinking? Do you say, right lads, forget Tuesday now, 
let's move forward to Saturday and, and that's when you bring in this philosophy of assessing things as you move forward well in the, in the first principle is that you know we, we have a, a set group of players that we've got to trust in um, you know we, we've played most of them in pre-season and they've been playing most of the games. Uh, we've had the interruption to the team in terms of the injuries that we've been picking up and, and these are players that, unfortunately, we don't know whether they're not going to be fit until almost the day of the game. So that's disrupted us a little bit. But by and large, we've um, we've got a settled squad and, and we, we should be able to, within that group, have enough about us to, to win games. Um, we have to cut out mistakes and we have to work really hard um, to force errors from the opposition and create up if we haven't got the quality at least put enough pressure on them that we can create opportunities um, so in, in that sense uh, you know Salford are a, a tough team the, the, in the sense of they, they've got experienced defenders very good physical defenders who, who don't make mistakes and at the other end they've got players who can pounce on a mistake um, what we have to do now is, um, is learn from that to say that that's Harrogate and Salford are the standards, uh, we're not far away from it. Obviously, as long as we don't make mistakes and we learn how to, to ask questions of the opposition, then we'll be competitive. Um, the challenge for us now is that after the recent results, we need now to be going to Leamington to win. You mentioned after the game on Tuesday that your target originally, I think we've spoken before, maybe even last season about this, your target is usually the two points a game average. Uh, and at the moment, we're not on that. How do you how how long is your target if you like? How long do you set yourself to get us back up to that? I mean, ideally you would go and win every game, get back there as soon as possible. But is is that realistic? I, I think I could bore people with stats. You always set two targets. We set two targets last year. Um to be champions you generally need to be getting eighty four points or two points a game. Um that's been the sort of the, 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 the standard for the last five or six years. In terms of getting into playoffs, you need to be getting towards 1.7, 1.72. We achieved that last year, but fell short of the playoffs. So the, the standards are rising within the league. But there's two two measures. Um, then you've got to quantify that in terms of the points that you expect to pick up from teams below you and the type of amount of points you'd expect to pick up from teams above you. Um, so from our perspective... Um, we are short. I mean, obviously, we'd like to be on seven, eight, nine points at this stage. So that means now that we have to be maximising the points from the next three or four games. Um, you know, we've done that last year when we got into a little groove and it was Saturday, Saturday. Um, we found ourselves picking up good points. Um, I said this after the game that we... Um, our most inconsistent periods last season were at the start of the season and also during the cup run where we had lots of Saturday-Tuesday games. And I think that we're seeing that. Um, and Maybe that's the strength for the squad, the depth for the squad. Maybe that's the ability of part-time players to go from a Saturday to Tuesday, Saturday-Tuesday and maintain the standards. We've seen that so clearly, evidently, in, in some of our players and maybe likes of Jason Oswell who fantastic on a Tuesday night then tough game on a Saturday then you know they look, they look like they're running on empty in the next game so um, that's lessons learned for us in terms of you know whether we want quality or whether we want quantity in our group um, but from our perspective now is just going into the next game and making sure that we we dust ourselves down minimize mistakes uh, keep things a little bit more straightforward for our players in terms of making quick, early, fast decisions to put the opposition under pressure. And then uh, let's go and work them hard and make sure that we're the team that comes out on top. In a few weeks, when 10 games have been played, I'm going to ask you the question, 
how how you know how happy are you with your squad after ten games? But I know it's a little early to take too much from the league table now. But from what you've seen of your new signings and as a squad as a whole in these opening fixtures, how happy are you with what you've seen? And whereas the points haven't been there, have you seen positives to pick out and things that you'd like to improve on in particular? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I still like at the start of the season. If you'd ask me, um, be happy with the goalkeeping situation. So we've got one, two of the best keepers. I think we've got seven very good defenders that know how to keep clean sheets at this level. Uh, so we've got good depth and cover and balance and competition there. I think in midfield the same. I think we were constant. We were conscious that we only really had Matty Warburton, Jason, and Darren as goal threats and. Um, obviously, Adam Thomas gave us a fourth option, possibly a wide on the right option. So we brought Ben McKenna in, but injuries have uh, hampered both those players. Um, Darren's still trying to get back to the match tempo and the match mentality that perhaps got him the move to Tranmere. So we know we're a bit short there, um, but there isn't a great deal of quality out there in terms of us to improve on them. We could bring in quantity and, and thicken out the group. Um, but there's no point doing that when we've got players within our group like George West who we want to see if whether they can fill in them roles. But no, we, we, we are conscious that we need a little bit more quality up front and that's just to give people the opportunity to, to have a breather, um, to freshen things up from the bench or from one game to the next. But no, uh, like I said, uh, you know, we started off last season very similar, a couple of wins, a couple of defeats, bit of an iffy sort of um, couple of months. Um, and when we got to the end of the season, we had that fantastic run. It was very much the same core group of players that was getting the positive results. So we know that it's, um, it's all about trusting in the quality we've got and then just moulding them into a team and keep working hard and improving ourselves. And over the course of a season, that's what gets you the results at the right end of the season. You mentioned your goal threats there, and one of those was Matty Warburton. Now, after Saturday, when he hobbled off and there was a bit of talk that he, he might have hurt himself a little bit, nothing serious, but Tuesday will come too soon. Yet there he is, fighting fit. He's a standout player for me, especially the first half for Matty Warburton on Tuesday. How how quick did his recovery come around? Well, it was a heavy knock, but um, fortunately it was just only a knock. Um, so with a bit of treatment and uh, once it's settled. Uh, the reason, it probably seemed a little bit more dramatic on Saturday because we made a substitution. Um, but with only four minutes remaining... Um, you know, with these things, we can't, we couldn't afford him to have five minutes to run it off. Um, we just thought at that stage it was probably sensible for him to come off, get treatment straight away, um, put on fresh legs, and um, see the game out. Um, but we were confident that as long as it was only a knock and nothing untoward was done to his knee, they'd recover in time for Tuesday. And he was desperate to play in that game. Um, and like you said, he played really well first half in terms of being in connection with the other front players. Um, disappointed second half that he wanted to get on the ball too much in, in our half and not really in their half. Uh, but that's something we spoke about post-match because he is a fantastic goal threat for us, a fantastic maker and creator and finisher of goals. So what we need to do is get him in the final third in amongst the players that can, can score goals. Well, it is a Thursday evening. The lads have just been training. I can tell you've just come from training. How how are they looking tonight in terms of, not not just in terms of injury recovery, in terms of injury recovery, but in terms of yeah, what's the mood around the camp like after a defeat to Salford? It's fine. I mean, you can see them talking amongst themselves, and they, they they've digested Saturday, and you know they'll 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 be disappointed in themselves that they've let an opportunity to to get the fans buzzing um, and to pick up points. Uh, slide um, and there was a sense of disappointment, but also a sense of determination. Um, you know, I haven't spoken to Harry Winter this evening. Um, 
he's desperate to lead the team into you know a positive run of results now. Um, you know they're all disappointed with what happened on Tuesday night and and perhaps the way that things have gone. I remind them that nothing comes easy in this division. You have to work extremely hard. You have to come together. We all have to do our jobs and perhaps a little bit more to get uh, the type of results that are needed at this level. Um, having the likes of Michael Clark and Steve O'Halloran and, and Ben um, McKenna all train and get through the session. Uh, Steve's Steve's still only working his way through the warm-up and the technical stuff, but you know Clarkie and Ben have, have got through the training session okay. So the extra bodies really gave the, the training a bit of a zip. Uh, we've got Gary Stopforth training at full pelt now, desperate to play. So um, you know, there was a, a good mood around in terms of that we know we've got the quality, we know we've got the, the energy. Uh, what we need to do now is just um, perform with a focus on Saturday now and get results. You mentioned that man in the middle of the park there, so I have to ask you, Gary Stopforth, how far now is it, do, do you think we have from seeing him? Has there been any developments during the week? Uh, I don't know. I've not been um, kept informed by... Um, the secretary, I'm assuming that nothing's happened, and uh, um, you know I did ask him to ring Australia um, and see if um, if the clubs have been contacted. But these things are slow. I mean, you know, people probably will remember um, Neil Young's frustration in trying to sign a player from Wrexham because it mm. was in Wales, Same and Jackson, um, yeah, and um, it took weeks and weeks. Um, so it's a it's a frustrating thing uh, for both Gary and for the club. But but we were mindful of that, um, and like I said, we've got. Jimmy Ball, Harry Wynn, we've got Sam Walker, we've got Harry Brazil, so we're, we're okay there. Um, but, you know, Gary's got like um, a real sort of uh, excited edge about him and enthusiasm that I think will, will be, you know, will be excellent for us at a time when we need a little bit more lift on the pitch. Mm. And I think, um, you know, he's desperate to get going. So um, I'd imagine it's um, only going to be a week or so, but again, I don't know. Uh, we're going into a period where you know, it's not like two games a week. So we'll just see, hopefully be available for the uh, Bancoli weekends because that's one we could do with some fresh legs. You mentioned that man again, Jimmy Ball. Another week, different position for him. We saw him end the game towards the defensive side of the pitch. And I think he's really starting to show his qualities now around the pitch. We've already said it in the past. People have come, you know, come in with a little bit of stick with him, a little bit of criticism for him from time to time. But you've always stuck by him. And I think in the last few weeks... He's starting to show real quality. He's getting stuck in. He's running with the ball. He's moving it well. How, how are you? Uh, how are you seeing his performances so far? Well, I, I, I have to kind of remind people that when I first came to the club from Sheffield United, I got booed for a whole season. Um, I was a young centre half, very raw, coming from Ireland, um, bought for potential as a centre half at Sheffield United, and I came to Stockport, and for some reason they end up in midfield, um, box to box, and trying to do a job for the club and I wasn't a midfielder and perhaps I got lambasted for that um, and the following year I was player of the year I scored 21 goals in the division above but so I, I learned quick um, I, I learned from what I needed to do in that position and I think that um, Jimmy tried Jimmy was probably playing out of position last year in terms of trying to model himself as an attacking midfielder and don't get me wrong he's got a fantastic pass, cross and a goal in him. Uh, and his, his assist record and goal-scoring record was the second best last year. And I, But I think that um, I've always seen him, in terms of his physicality, his overall ability, that if he got himself in the middle of the pitch, he could be a fantastic um, 
Matic-type player, a holding midfielder with a pass who can step out on midfield when the, when the occasion's right. And um, uh, what we did on Saturday, uh, sorry, on Tuesday, was that um, we felt that Dan's um, distribution from the right-hand side was a little bit erratic. You know, um, Jimmy was not really being utilised in the holding role in terms of his footballing ability. So I just took Jimmy out to the right and asked him to step forward a bit and you know, straight away we've seen crosses and passes coming in. So... Um, Good players can play any position uh, and I think Jimmy uh, needs to find a good position for him and I think that playing in that sort of a lower midfield area certainly allows us to bring out most of his qualities. Uh, I just feel that as as time goes by that he, he needs to start imposing himself as a footballer on the team and making us tick a little bit back to front and maybe getting involved a little bit more in the the progressive side of the game and I think if we see that then we're going to see a, a really good midfielder develop at the club. Now, if you ask any of the players, I'm sure they'll say they want to play as often as they can. And Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, whereas it may be a bit tiresome on a Wednesday or a Sunday morning, they generally generally love the fact that they're playing so often. But next week, for you as a manager, it must be quite nice to have the Saturday to Saturday to really let uh, let players recover, let them rest and have a look at the squad and take a couple of training sessions in. Well, I think uh, one of the staff was pointing out that uh, Salford were in the jacuzzi yesterday. Um, so that's what full-time football brings you, is the ability to recover um, uh, you know, and train properly for every game, You know, to- total preparation. Uh, whereas most of our lads were, and myself were in work on Wednesday morning. Um, and that's kind of, it can be emotionally, mentally and physically tiring for people to do one job, never mind two jobs to the best of their ability. Um, so, like I said, I, you know, uh, people are sick of hearing me saying this. How, how respectful I am, and how um, of, of part-time professionals at this level because it's extremely demanding um, uh, on top of their jobs and their family lives. So, uh, so again, we, we we keep that into mind, and what we have to do in training is to make sure that um, that we maximise our time with them to get quality to get some enjoyment and also get them physically right and mentally and tactically right for, for a Saturday. And I think, you know, that's why I come away today and, you know, it takes me hours to prepare for training. But I felt after training tonight that I felt we were took a big step towards a positive performance on Saturday. Just finally, uh, what, what, what do you expect from Leamington on Saturday? What kind of game plan do you expect them to come to the in, into the match with, if you like? Do you expect them to come and try and get something from County or for them is it a kind of... We've lost a few games, solidifying that they probably take a point. Yeah, well, you know, we've been able to because of the the deal that's been done in the league now. That um, every club has to provide the league with the um, the match footage yeah. of every game, and uh, therefore, as a manager, I get the opportunity to see the opposition, uh, not just reports, but also the full game. So, I've seen Leamington's game, and and you know, they're they're fairly um, straightforward team. They, they 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 seem to play a variation of four three three. Um, got two bright, um, aggressive sort of wingers who like to run at the back four, a big number nine, and then sort of the typical one base midfield with two catching up. So um, they're a little bit no nonsense. They like to, you know, they don't overcomplicate. They just put the, the opposition under pressure. Um, the Southport game, uh, they lost one nil purely down to an error at the back. Um, so they're a team that will be wanting to cut out maybe the errors, keep the confidence. Keep playing on the front foot, uh, hoping that they, if they show enough energy and work extremely hard, that they can get results at this level, and they'd be right up for us. Um, so it's not going to be not. There's no easy games, and uh, when you go to anywhere where a team's being promoted, you know that they've got something about themselves to get results. 
Um, perhaps their, 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 their adaption to this level is a little bit more difficult compared to spending more, had a few more quid to spend and brought in national North players. I think that they've, um, Leamington will rely very much on the, the heart of the team from last season. So a difficult game, a difficult journey, another three-hour journey for us with all the traffic problems down that way. Um, but we've got to be extremely professional and take um, the lessons from the last couple of games, um, the messages from training on Thursday and take it into Saturday's game and make sure that, that we come away thinking that we give ourselves every opportunity of getting three points. And if we do, then we know we're on the right track. Well, that's every Jim. We're right behind you. Wish you all the best for Saturday. Thanks so much. The County Live podcast is brought to you in conjunction with HiViz.net. Specialists in printed and embroidered workwear, HiViz clothing and personal protection equipment. So it's time for Ridgeway's Ways. Uh, we talked to Chris about um, County being on the road, on the road this Saturday at Leamington. Yes. What do you think? Tell infamous. me, what do, you, what do you think of Leamington? Um, I can tell you I've never been. Uh, what I will say is a few people at the club tell me it's not the easiest uh, of grounds to get to. So uh, we're setting off quite early in uh, in Lando's banter bus <laughs> at about 10 o'clock. <laughs> uh, about 10 o'clock on the uh, Saturday morning. And um, give us it, spill the beans then. What happens in the banter bus? What's the A, what's the level of banter? And what's the kind of banter? Level of banter is off the chart. The, the banter consists of John Keir and Nick and everybody else's sweets. Yeah, surprise, that's, surprise. <laughs> that's usually a, uh, a common occurrence. Uh, we'll all go through and pick... Uh, what our 11s would be and we're usually all wrong at some point you know um yeah i say i say it's banterous sam burn likes a good game of i spy (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah we're establishing some levels here not none of it is surprising um and what about the team themselves so did we play leamington last year or was it the year season before yeah it must have been before yeah yeah i do remember county uh playing at leamington so we don't know a lot about them no. Um, we don't know a lot about anything about the, the start of the season. So, Leamington's start, not a great one. Uh, Gainsborough went there on the opening day. Uh, sorry, they went to Gainsborough on the opening day and took a 2-1 win. Uh, but since then, it's been a little bit downhill. Uh, Tamworth, last season, of course, were one of the favourites to be up there. So, they will probably be quite strong again this season. Uh, they, uh, they went to Leamington and took three points, as did Southport, who were always going to be a bit of a strong outfit this season they went to Leamington and took a point and then last week uh, uh, sorry during the week they um, they went down to Kidderminster so three losses on the spin for, Ga- uh, for Leamington not a, not exactly ideal when you're looking at Stockport County a team who are looking firmly to get back on winning ways I do fancy our chances this weekend if I can say that in advance yeah and you know you would you know the norm if you're Jim Gannon or you're a player talking to the media um, what you're saying is yeah we, we give them all due respect um, and you'd be a little bit cautious. I think that that, but that's actually honest in this in this instance. You know, you do have to give them all the respect. But if any side is going to do things right, it'll be a Jim Gannon side. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, Jim will say exactly the same as as you touch on there. As as all managers will do, they'll always play it safe in the interviews, and they'll always say, you know, we've got to show them respect, and we've got to, and we do. And Leamington will. You know they they will have their own ideas. They they have just seen Stockport County lose two of their opening games, so they will have a little bit of a game plan from what they've seen Spennymore do and from what they've seen Salford do. Whether they can execute that, whether they've got the personnel to execute that, I'm not so sure. 
And the other, the great, the good thing about coming back from Leamington on a Saturday night, hopefully with a win, is that the boys actually have a whole week, uh, not a week yes. off, but a week to concentrate on training. And don't, you know, they, this period with all the matches, there's a small break between uh, the bank holiday, which again will be, you know, a tough ask, but at least there's a little bit of break for them. Well, August is thick and fast in this division. We've, we've you know, we've come to learn that. Uh, for better or for worse, it does get a lot of games out of the way. But you start to see these niggly little injuries come through, and a lot of fans and a lot of spectators will they'll they'll criticise, which is kind of understandable. How is a player getting injured or tired in the first couple of weeks of the season? You're supposed to be athletes, you're supposed to be professionals, whatever. But if if you're playing that often in a very competitive physical league, you are going to pick pick up bumps and knocks uh, and scrapes. We saw Michael Clark pull out uh, last Tuesday before Salford. Uh, with with I think it was a groin strain, and then you look around the park, and there's other players just with little niggles and little sort of scrapes that that just means they can't play, and it's just a little bit frustrating. So that week off really gives the players the chance to recover properly. But like you say, then get their head into the tactical side of things. Real have a proper session on a on a training ground rather than getting out on the field, and then you know they've only had a Monday night really with the gaffer to go over what he wants them to do, and half of that's been recovery. So. A good week. I think Jim will appreciate that. I think the players will appreciate that, and hopefully, we'll see County come back stronger at the back of it. So that's Leamington. That's uh, and that's next week. We started to touch on the players there, so probably a good spot to let's go into your player of the week. And can I just say, caveat: you're not allowed to pick Jason Oswell. <laughs> no, well, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not going to pick Jason. Although uh, I will give him um, one final sort of pat on the back, if you like. Uh, I, I think actually we'll be giving him a lot of pats on the back on this <laughs> podcast as this season oh, goes. Oh, without a doubt, you know, incredible player. I, t- I touched on it in, the, in, in my program notes of the week as well. The, he really is a player to watch, and, and Matty Warburton as well, who I thought the first half against Salford was unplayable. Uh, really, really good player, really solid player uh, moving forward. Uh, but this week's player uh, of the week for me, I'm going to go with a. Uh, a guy who didn't start the season the way he would have wanted to, but I think has worked himself into the squad and looks stronger and just improved week on week for me is Connor Hampson. Uh, and he signed off that week with his first goal for the club uh, against Salford, albeit in a, in a loss. So I'm sure, you know, uh, it wouldn't be the way he would have wanted his first goal. Uh, he's a player, he's one of these who Jim Gannon signed because they're a little bit fluid. You can play them in one position or you can play them in another or, or even a third. We've seen him play left back, left wing, and then more central, centre, you know, left sided centre half last season for little spells and even pushing up into centre midfield to plug gaps from time to time. So he can really fit on places anywhere on the pitch. And last season for me, he offered, a, even though this was only his first goal for the club, he came, he, he had a lot of shots last season. And that's because. He's what I like to call a follow-up attacker. So if you've got a corner or a free kick or a cross into the box and your strikers go for it and it comes out, well, he's the follow-up attacker that's then moving in, the second wave of attack, if you like. So we saw him have a lot of shots just wide, hit the post. So it was always going to be uh, you know, not far away, his first goal. He took it really well this week, a sweet strike uh, on the back of a corner, coming back out. And uh, he is another player who... Unlike Jason, he's not going to go and get you know the plaudits and the, the goals week on week that Jason Oswell is, but he is going to be a player that gets commended a lot. And I think I think he's really solid. He's really attacking, uh, but at the same time, got a great defensive brain on him. My player of the week. And do you think that with 
you know, it's so different now with those three up front to yeah. kind of Danny Lloyd and whoever last year was basically what it was. Yeah. Danny Lloyd and let's try something. And Jim never really, and I don't think he was able to really, kind of lock down who, you know, what the mm. ideal was up front. He tried different things. He was happy with a few things. Things then changed. Um, but this seems to be, you know, pretty much a solid, you know, really entertaining, you know, really kind of strong forward line. And it's going to do us a lot of good. So completely different to last year. Do you see Connor getting more goals because in that kind of follow-up attacker? Or do you see it being very similar in that, you know, that he was following up on Danny and wasn't able to, you know, capitalise on the amount of shots he had? Where well, do you see that going? I, I do see him getting more goals this season. Uh, and it is because of that. In a roundabout way, it's sort of about Danny Lloyd. You know, you can bring the Danny Lloyd aspect into that. Uh, whereas Danny Lloyd scored a hatful of goals throughout the season. Uh, he was guilty of, of overrunning uh, when he didn't need to, missing out passes when he probably could have made one, not shooting early enough if he got the chance, or you know uh, maybe not crossing when he when he could have done. Um, so a lot of those second wave uh, chances that he could have got, he didn't. A lot, a lot, a lot of Connor's second wave opportunities last season came from corners where the ball had to be put in the box. Whereas this season, you've got you're probably not going to have someone who bags that many goals, but you are going to have more attacking football because you've got three focal points, which means the ball will be up in the final third more often than it was last season. And if that's the case, you're going to get more follow-up chances because, unfortunately, not every shot goes in. Uh, there are going to be a lot of second waves. There are going to be a lot of uh, defensive players getting forward. We're usually seeing Sam Minihan sort of sit back when the attacks are coming forward because he's, he's the one that offers the least aerially. At least, you know, and has the most energy, so you know, you can, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. So it makes sense for Connor to be up in that. The only reason I think um, Connor might struggle to, to build on his goal tally is, of course, his favoured position is left back. Uh, and whereas last season we were a little bit thin on the ground at this time last season in left backs, we've now got two extremely capable left, left backs. Scott Duxbury played at centre half on Tuesday against Salford and he looked very, very capable. A little bit of a shaky start against uh, Spennymore, saw him pulled off, saw him not, not, um, not start since. Got back into the squad through injury, really made up for it against a strong Salford team. So Connor will, there will be occasions this season where he's disappointed not to be in the team. And that's probably why his goal count maybe not be as high as he would like it to be come the end of the season. But I, I definitely think, you know, he's good for anywhere between five and ten. And, let, and let's be fair, you know, we're only talking about, you know, yeah, as you say, you know, five or six goals would be a great return from mm. that from that position. And if so, if you look at those three and you're, you're thinking, you know, there isn't going to be one who gets a hatful of goals, but they're all going to contribute. What do you think between the total between the three of them? Thirty-five is a good return between the three of them. I take thirty-five. Yeah. If you offered it me now, I'd yeah. take it. Yeah. Um, the, the the thing is, I think we we might if, if we can keep all three. I know this is looking quite far ahead. If we can keep all three, you know, until next season, even if it's in the division above. So in theory, on paper, it's going to be a little bit harder. Uh, I would fancy them to get more then because there is this element of. Play, you know Darren Stevenson coming off the back of injury Jason Oswell as sharp as he has looked he, he is going to take a little bit of time to completely settle down into English football uh, from from the Welsh League uh, Matty Warburton you know he's, he's he's active he's getting around he's getting about and he's, he loves taking goals but with this new dynamic it's a front three it's not a, it's not a front two and then they're bringing a new one in 
to gel them into a ready-made partnership. It's a front three that have all come in. So they've got to work together to sort of produce, you know, before they can start producing on a regular basis. Uh, and because of that, I, I do expect them to get a good return this season. When you've got Matty Warburton and Jason Oswell on the pitch uh, and Darren Stevenson, if he can get fit and get himself uh, razor sharp, as we know he can do, then then there's definite goals in those three. Uh, 35, possibly 40, I'd definitely take that. Um, but next season, I think if we can keep them, that's when you're really picking the fruits from that tree. And Warburton, of course, you know, Lazarus-like... You know, return didn't look like he was going to be playing. What was your, you know, going in on the way to Salford, talking to John in the car? Who did you think was going to start up front with Jason Oswell? Well, we were, we were speaking about the different, you know, the different possibilities of of how he's going to do it. And, and John and myself were we were going through different formations, and we were saying, is this where Sam Walker gets his chance, going back to his former club and maybe nicking a goal or something, do loads for his confidence, or is this one where you put Connor Hampson at centre half and push Scott Duxbury? right up the left wing and you know maybe push him right forward and see if he can break into that attacking final third or there was a few different options is it George West uh, young substitute he made a couple of appearances now this season starting to muscle his way into the squad is it a game for him to start and you know, there we go. To our surprise, <laughs> you get <laughs> Ma- Matty Warburton comes in, and there's Matty looking all fresh and as if nothing's ever happened to him. <laughs> so, do you think if if one of those went, what would you? How do you? Because it's a completely different. You know, as you say, hopefully, you know, Stevenson's not going to take long to recover, and that you know, we go back to the pl- the triangle plan, the the t- three up top. But if you know one of them does go, what do you think is the most likely scenario? Do you Co- think Walker? Walker with whoever say say Jason Oswell got fit. Do you think would, do you think it would be Sam Walker with? Well, Sam Sam's more of an attacking midfielder, so you you'd put him sort of behind one of those. I right. don't think he's so you put him as a ten. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's quite as offensive as Matty Warburton in that Matty Warburton really likes to push that and get forward. Where Sam Walker, we've only seen him really in a county shirt, limited appearances. Uh, obviously, the the infamous spending more going on, uh, coming on as a sub and then going back off again. Um, and then being brought off early again uh, in, in a game since then. So if a player was to go, I mean, it would obviously depend on the circumstances. It's not going to happen, you know, it's certainly in the first half of the season. I'd be surprised if it did even before the end of the season, really. But, you know, this is football and anything can happen. I think Jim will have contingencies, but at, th- at this moment in time, more backup would, would be nice. I think Jim knows that. I think he would know another striker would be nice. But at this moment, we, what we've got is three very good attackers. We've got Gary Stockford to come back in, so maybe there's enough depth there. Finally then, Chris, uh, give us a prediction for Saturday. We've talked about Leamington, we've talked about should turn them over, but you know, and there's nothing wrong with being confident, so what are you thinking? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for 2-0, um, because I like to play it safe. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'd love to be proved wrong when we come away with a 4-5-0, but I'm going to go with a 2-0. I think they will be wary of County's threat. So I expect them to to play quite tight, yeah. quite narrow, not let us uh, play to our strengths. Yeah. Uh, but I do feel that you know in that arm wrestle, if you like, we we do have the strength to overcome. It's just, it's just one of those where they they hold you back for a little while. Yeah, I'm going to go for three one. I just I think it would be too strong, but I think because of that they might just nick one. So that is County Live podcast uh, for this week. We'll see you again next time. Good night. Good night. The County Live podcast is brought to you in conjunction with HiViz.net. Specialists in printed and embroidered workwear, HiViz clothing and personal protection equipment.